Hello, everyone out there in podcast world. I hope you're having a wonderful day. You are listening to or watching the Service Business Mastery Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tersh Blissett, sitting virtually next to my co-host, Joshua Crouch. And today we're excited because we have one of the partners of our show, Upfrog, Noah Carter and Justin Riley. They are guests on today's episode. And we're going to talk about Refrog. And that's something, if you listen to the episode that was released, I believe it was last week, we talked a little bit about it. We actually recorded that episode, I think it was April, March, April-ish of this year. A while ago. Yeah, it was. But we <laughs> waited to release that episode until they got they were ready to make a formal announcement. But now that it's happened, we're going to talk a little bit more about it. But that's not the only thing we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about several trends that they are finding in the air conditioning and plumbing in, in that kind of world. And Justin, yeah, these are guys that we never, ever talk to. So I don't know what they're going to say, or I don't know what their personality is or anything like that. Fingers crossed here. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I can't stop talking to Justin. We just talk about the same shit all the time, <laughs> but it's always really good stuff. These guys have a ton of, so Noah and Justin love data. Data helps make decisions. Data so shows us trends. Justin shares with me all kinds of uh, unlike Tersh, he actually shares useful information <laughs> when I need to hear it. So he's, I think we're going to go over that today. So he's been monitoring different trends as far as maybe you can even little topic about how to find these trends yourself, but uh, trends in the current market, what types of things people are transitioning to, how to reactivate your customer base, not just their product, but just tips and tricks and things like that for you guys to just at least start thinking about it because there's, you always hear the money is in the list. You've heard that forever for email marketing. That's transitioned more to text messaging. And I'll let those guys talk about that once they get on here, but there's going to be a lot of really useful stuff today. Hopefully you guys get a lot of nuggets and feel free to drop your live questions. If you're on the live stream, we'll get those answered as much as we can during the show. And there, I'm going to preface this with every time we have a conversation with Justin and Noah, I take notes feverishly, but if the conversation is not recorded, I feel like I've lost things. So make sure you subscribe to this episode and replay it like 50,000 times because there's going to be a lot of information every time you listen to it. But with that being said, let's get started with today's show. Are you looking for valuable business advice to reach that seven figure revenue mark? Do you want actionable tips to properly navigate through every business challenge you encounter along the way? Let Tersh Blissett and Josh Crouch be your guide in getting you to the top here at Service Business Mastery. Tune in as they sit down with world-renowned authors in business, leadership, and personal growth who share valuable insights about management, marketing, pricing, human resources, and so much more. Let their nuggets of wisdom gold guide you in owning a thriving, profitable, and ever-growing business. Here are your hosts, Tersh and Josh. Hey guys, welcome to the show. You let us back in. Before we get started, Justin and Noah, I got a quick question for you. What's something invisible that you wish you, people could see? Oh, no, I'll let you start. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a tough one. I asked Josh this right before y'all got in earlier, and I don't know. Some weird things came to mind for me, so I'm going to wait to see what y'all say. As a trade guy, say, see yeah, carbon monoxide. Right? So you could walk in any house, and you could, boom, you could see it. In furnace. New furnace. So... 
for me, it's, I don't know. I can't really think of one that comes to the top of the head. I guess it would be more emotional. So I'd say, I'd say if I could judge someone's work ethic before I could see them, that's what I, it was, first thing that come to mind. So uh, way to go. Y'all, you guys man. are just like, you guys are way more professional I, than we are. Way <laughs> more professional because Tershin was bad breath. Bad breath. <laughs> oh, wow. NBO. Mine was NBO. gas. Well, mine was yeah. gas. So I can't get away from it. That's all. Middle of the day. Yeah. I'm like, if I could just Uh, see if I ever had bad breath or if somebody else has bad breath, we can keep our bubbles. I don't know if I'd want to see that. Like that that's it's a a fair warning. It's like, all right, whoop. Kind of the green bubble walking around people. If anybody's ever gonna pitch Hirsch on anything, make sure you brush your teeth beforehand. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Either that or don't stand too close. Yeah. Yeah. I have a personal space anyways. Like I have a bubble, and when you join my bubble. I really gotta like you, or we're don't you have hate problems. close talkers? <laughs> just those people that just invade that space and try and take right a step here. back. Okay, when oh I'm networking, God. when I network with people and I get a close talker, my goal is to take them from one side of the room to the other. <laughs> Walk with me, like they're just in my face, and I'm taking a step back. And I take a step back, yeah, and I try and see if by the time we end the conversation, we have clearly crossed the room. So <laughs> if you ever walk across a room with me, just know that. It's because you invaded my space. That's mm. great. All but sorts of nuggets today. Anyways, now that's out of the way. How do you uh, transition from that to our topic today? So we're going to talk about <laughs> customers and frog. And we, actually, we have a whole list. Justin and Noah, they did a great job of saying, I think these are some good things to talk about. And we agreed. There's nothing on the list that they sent over that we don't think is a good thing on to talk about. Before we get started with that, though, huge shout out to you guys for partnering with us. And we really appreciate that. For those who, of you who are listening, this show is free to listen to. And really, all we ask is that you share it with someone who you think may find value in this content. But there are things that cost money. And Josh and I used to pay out of our own pocket to get those things completed. But we now we've partnered up with guys like Justin and Noah with Upfrog. And uh, they really make it so that our production team can step it up a notch or two. But with that being said, can you tell everybody what Upfrog is to get started with and how y'all came about with all of this? Man, I'll tell you, and thanks for letting us back in again. It's always good to be back and uh, to talk to you guys. Absolutely. Uh, Upfrog is a growth engine. And really, when we talk about growth engine, what that means is we solve problems for home service companies. And most of the time, it's centered around customer acquisition, whether that be getting in the homes of existing customers or growing your market share in a market. And we do it in a way that is non-traditional, I guess you could say. Our marketing is not very uh, stock photo. And we try and always have a tone almost like a conversational tone to all of our marketing, right? We try and speak to people where they want to be spoken to. And whether that be through our online e-commerce platform for acquiring new customers on replacements, whether that's through reactivation, whether that's through recovery of existing jobs. And our one of our core values is we only want to get paid when we provide success. We are a no retainer company. We don't charge up front. We don't believe in participation trophies. We, we eat what we kill. And we feel that is the because I'm a tradesman myself and I've been there in the contracts and all those things, but that's just our, in our blood. That's what we do, whether it's better or worse. I'm not sure. I think that if I were going and looking for an agency to grow my business, I would want to see results and I'd pay them if they got results. Right. Seems practical to me. And then we formed actually, we just were, we just turned one year old about 20 or 30 days ago. So wild. Yeah. <laughs> to go from ground to where we're at right now. And, and Noah, he's been my right-hand man the entire way. And it's been fun. Um, an asset, just unbelievable. 
been fun. That's um, awesome. Yes. We've worked with ahead, quite no. the amount of people all around the United States, which is not something I expected to do as rapidly as we did. And it's interesting in the shoulder months now working with heating contracts in northern Wisconsin area and then still running AC down in Phoenix. It's well-versed, we'll say. So it's been quite the ride. Yeah, and I, I get hit with a certain company of yours, their ad pretty regularly because I'm in their <laughs> market. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Anytime yeah. I see it, I usually send it over to Justin and give him, give him the business about it. But so before we get into like reactivation, stuff like that, yeah. Justin, we had talked about this maybe a month ago with the recession. There's a lot of different trends yeah. happening that haven't been seen in a number of years. Do you want to go into that and what you're seeing? Yeah, in so some let's of the kind of start here. Like if you're like, if you're a tradesman and you own a HVAC or home service business, you're probably thinking about, okay, when is the bubble coming? When is the pop coming? When's the recession coming? When are my material prices going to go down a little bit, right? Because it seems like they just keep going up. When am I, I going to be able to find happen. good employees? And how do I keep my guys busy in running calls every single day? And how do I do that without spending a ton of money? It, it's buckle down, tighten up time. So when we look at the market as far as nationally, and we look at trends and we look year over year and then we look at two things, right? So we look at year over year and then we'll look at five-year trends because the five-year cycle kind of tells us, okay, so maybe this is just a little weather hiccup or this or that, right? But you can really start to see things develop when you look out five years at the industry and you can see how substantial the 2020, 2021, and even into 2022 seasons were, right? For HVAC particularly, but all home services in general. When we look at particularly HVAC replacements right now nationally, we're about three times less search volume than we were this time last year. Three times. That's uh, and that's pretty substantial. Especially for 2021. I know that we, there was a lot of people stuck in their houses in 2020 and 2021. They wanted to do some remodeling and that type mm -hmm. of thing. But for it to be three times less than what it was last year, that's a pretty significant number. Yeah. And there might be people in certain markets that like, man, it's still hot here. We're still cranking. When we look nationally, we look at the consumer whole wide. Yeah. There's spots where it's really good and there's spots where it's really bad. And when we look at August of this year was a peak, believe it or not, nationally that we've seen, there was actually two peaks in August, about the first and third week in August. And then the bottom just fell, which is normal, right? Mm -hmm. We'll start to see this turnaround, but here's what we did when we started discovering, okay, so people aren't trying to replace their units right? What are they looking for? If they're not looking for repairs, they're not looking for replacement. Like, what are they trying to do? Here's the fundamental thing that I think a lot of people have lost touch with, and that is saving money on utility bills. So when we look at a five-year period of people searching for how to save money on their electric bill, it is peaking and just keeps setting new peaks. All right. So when we talk about how to intertwine this into our business, right? And we talk about fall tune-ups or furnace safety checks or things like that. Like we're so focused around, okay, the safety part of it. But if you start laying in some content around your performance, ductwork improvements and different things to actually help them save money, or when you're trying to pitch a new unit, bring up the energy savings more than what it used to be. Okay. Make that a front and center issue. Okay. I think that I don't think it's going to, it's going to serve right into what the consumers are searching for. And that's the key is matching the message with where people are at that time. And that's just one thing that we've really found here in the last month or so, it's become really substantial. And uh, so tell me this, Justin, George Childers, he brought up a great point here. And for those who are listening to this in the live chat, George asked, just curious as to why there isn't a company out there to help with customer retention. It seems to be all about getting new customers 
is there more value in new or current customers? And Josh and I have talked about this on other episodes mm. where it's like a leaking bucket, a bucket with a bunch of holes. I actually think we talked about this on our last episode when we talked yes. with you guys and it was, let's dump as much into this top of this bucket as possible. But a lot of people don't realize that you have just as many people leaking out the bottom as you do coming in the top, even sometimes more. Man, where there, there's two main parts in that. Actually, three questions in that. Why is there not a company that deals with customer retention? I don't know. Refrog's a pretty good one Yeah, that deals exactly with that topic. And yeah, everybody goes after the new customers because it's the shiny object. Because here's what I see, and here's what I saw over this summer, okay? And one of the reasons why we created the Refrog program, everybody knows there's a labor shortage. Everybody knows that their phones were running off the hooks all summer long. How many people out there had their techs running more than five calls a day? Eight calls a day? No. Right. That's so for plowing through them, you can't find anybody that's good, right? No. <laughs> All right. Now, you know, you're just perfect. No, um, far from it. But I, um, that's one thing that's you're just my, our, you're that's, just my favorite punch and bag. My stickler <laughs> is like four calls, five at the max. And if they've burned through five calls and they still need time on the day, they need to go to the house. Yeah. Yeah. So what we're seeing is that. All right. So you run a service call and let's just hypothetically say, let's just say you got a tech named Bill. Bill goes out to the home and it's the third call of the day. And it may be a drain leak or something like that. And he goes out there and clears the drain. He finds refrigerants low and he quotes a, a leak search test and all this. But his next call and Bill gets paid on commission is a breaker tripping. All right. So his very next call is a breaker trip. He knows he's probably going to get a pretty good commission on it because that's going to be a sale, but he's there okay, right now inside this home and the wife's home, they clear the drain, the float switch goes good, but they still got a leak. They still got a refrigerant problem and all that. So he quotes them on a leak search test and all these different things. But Bill's worried about getting to his next call because it's a trip breaker because he knows it's a money call. What we have found is that a lot of unsold repairs, the number one thing that happened during that, why they didn't close. It's not because it was too expensive. It's not because they didn't trust the guy or this or that. They didn't let me, understand. Let me guess. Let me guess. They didn't present the options. They didn't present the options. And the number one thing, you can still present, <laughs> but did the customer comprehend what they gave them? That's a good point. Because if you send the email after you left the driveway, um, <laughs> you can't explain anything. <laughs> yeah. So now you're betting on this housewife and maybe she's a, maybe she's got CFC certs and maybe she knows how to do all, all these tests and stuff. She's going to explain it to the husband and the husband's going to come home and he's tired after a day of work. And then the house is cool. And he says, oh, we'll just kick it down the road. Yeah. yeah. It, That's that what point, ends up happening. She has to sell it to him or he has to sell it to her. If it's just him there at the house or uh, if they're, the decision makers are there at the home and you didn't spend the time presenting the options to them because you're more worried about one, you have eight calls on the board. There you go. So you're burning through all these calls or two, you're worried about the next call that you're going to make some money commission, or you might flip a lead and get, if you get a lead flip yep. commission or spiff or whatever. One thing I'd like to add though, too, about George's question and y'all hit on this too. talk about this because being that you have a background in the trades too. So you're not a quote unquote marketing company that's never had your 
get your boots dirty, I guess is the best way to say it. The I was thinking about this, and that is that we might need new leads because we just suck at service. <laughs> <laughs> and we are burning yeah. through all of our clients, and we need to take a internal look at, would you revisit that client? Would you revisit your company as a client? Well, yeah. well reputation is a big part of it. You follow up and staying in touch with your customer after a lot of people heat of the summer they forgot about them right six weeks later maybe you don't have time all right your board still might be full if you're in some of the hotter states and you're not following back up with them they're still seeing stuff around town you might have missed the tech might have missed one room that one they didn't talk about because it was too expensive or something and now they have a sour taste in their mouth if you follow up this customer there might be more work there as well as a review, multiple things. Or you can just learn the mistakes that you made so you exactly. can improve them. The feedback is the best part. You would What's not your, have what, refrog if everybody did a perfect job. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. What is Noah talking about here whenever he's talking about this engagement with the client? Okay, because this so, is a service that you offer. Yeah. So it's really, we deal with in, in our refrog platform, right? Number one, it is the easiest, fastest in lowest cost way to get into consumers' houses immediately. I don't care if you're a, a one truck company or a hundred truck company. There is no other medium that you can engage that can get you into people's homes faster at a lower cost. Okay. Let's just get that out of the way. There's no other that I've seen. Okay. And there's four parts to it. We call it the four R's. So there's reactivation, there's recovery, there's reputation, and there's relationship. All right. So each of those are broken down into separate pieces. Reactivation is when you want to get back into somebody's home that maybe you haven't been there in a while. Five-year-old customer, tune-ups, furnace checks, plumbing drain check, video check. You can do duct cleaning. You can do any IAQ check, any of those. That's reactivation. Recovery is we segment down your repair leads and your replacement leads. And then we do a cadence to, to follow up. And it's not just following up, like anybody can send a text message. It's like, yeah, I call my guys, I do this and that. No, it, th there's a lot more into it because what we've done with our system is there are benchmarks and lead scoring based upon consumer actions and inactions, which then change the way we market to them, right? Because it, you can't just keep hitting somebody with the same text and expect them to do that. So there's little, I guess you could call them triggers that happen, right? And that changes the flow. And it allows you to set up these different campaigns to run and recover this work that the majority of the people say, we've been meaning to, to, to call you guys back. And we always lead with like, always, we're just trying to get some feedback on how our service was. I saw we left an estimate there back in, in May of this year. Do you mind if I ask you a question or two? We always ask for deference. We don't just go out, hey, did you want to buy this? So you're, yeah, you're not just saying, hey, I got a special offer for you. Because no, yeah, who, people are just like, who cares what? if it's not relevant to me? I don't care about your special offer. Yeah, yeah. It, it does. It's not relevant to me at that point. But you're so what you're saying is just to clarify is you are opening up a conversation with mm -hmm. people you've worked with in the past in a very, very kind of low barrier entry way where it's just like, this is so and I just wanted to see how your service was with us. Let me ask two questions on this. First off, what happens if the majority of the responses are really bad. Yeah. So we've had that actually. We had a, I'm not going to name names, but we did have one contractor that it was. <laughs> Good, Cause I don't know which buttons the bleep button over here. I can't. It was <laughs> very less than stellar. Here's the thing I do know. It was still ROI positive, but what we do. So 
whenever we start these, we always take the temperature, right? We segment out the bad. We don't want to ever send them a message again because they really ain't going to buy from you because they hate you, right? <laughs> they do. So we're tagging those. We're removing them from lists. We're cleaning the data, right? And this thing builds off of itself over time. But when you ask permission to ask a question about how the service was, because it's all about them. Yeah. When you try to sell them something, it's about me and my company. No, when you ask them, do you mind if I, and majority of the time, people will tell you. And then you can ask, sure, it's only one, one or two questions. Number one is, did you understand what the tech gave you? And the second answer is, have you gotten it repaired yet? Yep. So that's a perfect question, though, because here's my thing with that question. What happens if they have not gotten it repaired? It's been a year. And so now they have of the mindset of you were trying to sell me something that wasn't really going to break or wasn't I didn't mm. really need it. Does that make sense? Hard to fix the problem in the beginning. This could be, this is a great, fast, so, right? yeah, let me give a, an example. Like a capacitor is out of range. It's still working. It's out of manufacturer specs. Yeah, it hasn't broken point. yet. It was recommended to repair it because it's going to fail at some point because it's outside of manufacturer specs. These are great opportunities, at least in my opinion, to continue the education process about why mm -hmm. those things were left behind and maybe clean up some Maybe because again, Tersh, you always say to confuse my confused mind doesn't buy. Yep, says no. And this is a great opportunity to find out if they're confused. Do they not understand the options? Did and it just time happened, things tech, happen and they just moved on. Financing a bunch of tech. So it's one thing to get a tech to sell. It's another thing to get a tech to, to run multiple financing applications. Yeah. If a consumer has a turn down. So we're finding that you're coming back with an offer as, as far as a, a low monthly payment and a way to pay for it over time is extremely effective as well. How are you finding that even on, even on repairs? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. I, I, so just to ask about that, because it's not something I, I always love the idea over a certain dollar figure. I didn't get buy-in. finance all the way down to $300. I didn't get buy-in when I was doing that, but I always love the idea, especially for like IQ, some of this other stuff. People want it. They just, they're like, ah, I can't pay that up front today. I don't want to put it on a card. I don't want to pay it in cash yeah. or whatever. How um, in depth is that conversation though on the, in the text messaging platform? Because I love my girls to death in the office. I don't want to do their job, but there's times where they can't have that conversation because they don't understand it because they've never been through quote unquote finance training. How do we like how in depth is that conversation or is there an automation side of things when it comes to that? No, there's a live human in a back office of a finance company that that we dealt with that has 30 years in the finance okay. space. So simply the customer's transferred over to them. Okay. They, he goes through the financing offers that are available and um, and handles all the paperwork and says, hey, it's time to go install it. Is that a first or second first second look type scenario? 100 percent spectrum. It's about 54 banks. Okay. That have come together to to build this almost like a Quicken Loans type deal. Okay, that's a good point. So basically, you go through and you, you select which, yeah, which deals you want to offer through your matrix and your rate sheet. And is it kind of like when you go buy right. a car and they have their buying group? Is it kind yeah. of the same thing? They'll give you all the offers and the different lenders and stuff like that, and you choose what offer and term you want. Yeah, exactly. And at the end of the day, guys and girls, everybody buys monthly payments. Yeah, that's they true. say they want these zero percent deals and things like that. But look, here's the thing. 0% deals, the term is fairly short compared to some of these longer term financing things that we have now. 
Yeah, they got some twenty, thirty thousand dollar installs get awfully expensive at zero percent for five years. Yeah, we got month. some ten year deals out there. Okay, I saw so let, some. I saw somebody just real quick. Yeah. I think they were doing like fifteen year deals. I at my job was dropped. No, oh, not zero percent. No, no, no. It was oh, okay. like nine point nine nine. And I'm sitting there. I'm thinking, holy shit, this is like almost buying a house. You're gonna. You're <laughs> fifteen this, years. The air conditioning unit is gonna be gone, and you're still gonna I, be paying for it. I know. I guess you're getting like all the main. If you you can really package that stuff up into something special, but 15 years, I'm like, should, like Man, where I live now, this close to the there's coast. There's no way the air conditioner's lasting 15 yeah, years. Yeah, no it way. They're literally nonstop. The salt yeah. is just going to eat everything away here. Yeah. So I want to transition into another question for those who are listening, and they're a relatively green business because your business model sounds very appealing. Jessica Egan even mentioned that she liked the idea of it being a non-retainer company. And that's going to be very appealing for you that are just starting out. The downside is that when your business is really new, like six months old, you might not have that same clientele to rehash or sure. to, to refrog. Yeah, it's tough. And starting a business oh. is very difficult and it's very, very difficult to do that. And that's why we do offer other programs as far as paid media to acquire those because the number one thing in the first couple of years is you need to get customers. All right. And I see a lot of these young entrepreneurs out there and they're growing and they're building these businesses. And sometimes it, I question it in my mind because they turn people away. Like it's one mile over the radius. And they're in year one of their business and it's a replacement. And you got to hustle, <laughs> dude. It's if you're not hungry, you are not going to get fed. And nope. the foundation that you build in that first year or two is going to set the direction and angle of your business growth. Don't get me wrong. I'm all about saying, learning when to say no, because I've said yes too many times and it has burnt me because I knew that the client was going to be a very bad fit for us, but it wasn't due to, to a radius issue. It was due to uh, they were not a good fit from the get go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Most of I hear it is low margin jobs, right? There's this on the internet, there's beat your chest, 70% gross profit. Yeah. That's fantastic. And you're going to grow like crazy if you can maintain that. The problem is getting there. And believe it or not, as a real small business, you're lean and mean. You can acquire some customers and the best thing you need to do is get reviews and really start to build a customer base and name for yourself, right? And the only way you do that is by doing good work. And if you never do any work, you get, and then transversely, if you start doing a bunch of cheap work, you get locked in this habit Yeah. as your overhead starts to grow. All so, your reviews say, great work, cheap. Yeah, <laughs> like, best price around. <laughs> oh, you're getting them all. And, it, and it, it's tough, man. I... Growing a service business in 2022 is a very, and especially into 2023 is going to be a difficult thing. There's a lot of headwinds. There just is. And if you're running so, five calls just, a day and you're running them every, if you have one person and running five calls a day, I'm not saying that you should be running that many. You're going to hit 1,200 people. And if you could get half of those people leaving your review, hopefully you yeah. don't have a lot of them that are callbacks. Fingers crossed that you have very few callbacks. So, if you had 600 reviews being left, that's massive. Absolutely. That's gigantic. Yep. I got a question for Justin. No, we talked briefly and it's just going to go back to the reactivation part because all too often, because obviously our company too is we're generating new leads or having existing customers find them on the web, but all too often customer gets a job done, invoice is signed. We don't talk to them again. Maybe we send them a couple follow-up emails or whatever, just basic stuff. But when, so you had that contractor that had, 
things that were not very positive said about them. What are you guys, so as a, just as a, an opinion, what do you guys, is that stuff that I know you clean up the data and obviously you don't want to keep sending them texts, but does that contractor use that as a learning experience to find out where their service sucks or gotcha, they're just like bunch of new customers? Gosh, I hope so. One of the, it was actually two of them that were that way. One was an acquired business that they had a list from an existing client base. So it wasn't necessarily theirs. Okay. And the other was, and they went through a rebrand, believe it or not. Okay. Okay. Different name. And what happened was, is that the consumers didn't recognize the old brand. Who are you? <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. It's just very awkward. Now, I would say it was 25 to 30% of their customer base. Even more, maybe. And But they definitely, and I let people know, like, when you take the pulse and you get people on a text message, you're going to find out instantly. 100% how you're doing. Good, bad, like, first, I'm let so, you know. <laughs> so, Justin, I never told you a story. So, I was at professional services, and this was three or four years ago now. And I wanted to send out a blast to our customer base. I don't even remember what it was. I think it was a tune-up thing or something. <laughs> the, the comments that come out in text message are much more colorful than you'll ever get in an email. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I yeah. got a lot of F you. Don't ever text me again. Like, we're getting pictures and, and again, this was a, <laughs> no, I did not get any pictures. Back. <laughs> Thank God. I didn't get like, Hey, like a, a like a, your dead cat. is going to, on the door or something like that but <laughs> it can get colorful <laughs> and it's granted we hate political stuff political is actually kind of open the door for businesses like us to text because they've been doing it for what two or three election cycles now but i love what you guys and then we always talk about this is just talking to your customer base because you don't know what you don't know and if you don't ask the questions you'll never find the answers and you know what I find? I My absolute favorite, I don't even have to need the product, but if I get sucked into an ad that I didn't know was an ad, then all of a sudden I'm instantly more interested in whatever it is they have to offer. You know what I mean? It's okay. Marketers love that. More of a conversation because we are, as a consumer, we're professionals at picking out ads. Like we... TikTok, Instagram, all of that, LinkedIn, the sponsored posts. We're like, I'm so bad that on TikTok, if it's even, it could be a good topic. But if I see sponsored at the bottom, I'm like, eh, next. So like, if I get to a topic that is like just pulling me in and then I'm like, oh crap, this is an ad. Then I'm like, okay, whatever this is that they have to offer. So I'm the same way. I'm going to, I'm going to spend it's, more it's all time about on this philosophical belief when you're dealing with social media. And the reason why a lot of media companies out there struggle with social media, whether it be TikTok, whether it be Instagram, whether it be any of them, right. Is that they try and advertise like direct mail that they do digitally in yep. social media. So philosophical belief means we need to put a statement out there that the user, when they roll by says either, hell yeah, or man, I wish it was like that. Or we have to invoke some sort of emotion inside of the user that we're trying to do. And Don't you, you get do, polarized if you do that? Does that's it, the whole point. Okay. So how do you know if the person that you're targeting wants to hear that or they want to hear the other end of that? We try not to polarize that bad. Yeah. Like, like, no, I, I get know, that. It's just, we are disruptive to some degree in the industry with our online pricing. That's where we get the most feedback and the negative feedback. But what we've found is that we're not so worried about the negative feedback from the other contractors because the customers comment that they love it and they use it. 
So really, who's your audience? And over time, you can start to scrub those out. And customers are not stupid. They can read comments and know that this guy works for an HVAC company. And actually, you know, press is bad press. Yeah. Some degree with engagement metrics. It does actually perform better. If you can, if you got a thick skin and you run a controversial ad and it gets a million comments, you will see the lowest lead cost you've ever seen in your life. So what I hear you saying is that leave the negative comments on a Facebook post. It depends. Like we've got filters and things like that we use to help manage it because some of them are just nasty and vile yeah. or spam and things like that. But yeah, I think there should be open debate. That's a good point. Yeah, long, I would say as long because I've I've seen those those ads and I see the I, I always read through them because I'm always like, okay, who's the HVAC contractor that's going to comment? And then who's the homeowner? And you, I can, you can always tell the difference between, oh, I'm interested. This would be great. And then I see the HVAC contract. Oh, that'll yeah. never work. How yeah. can you size this? How can you do that? And here's a real good thing, guys. If you're in the HVAC or plumbing or any of those things and you're on social media and you ads from another company and you want to find out what ad is working and what ad is not, if there are zero comments, zero likes, and zero things on it, I promise you that ad is not working. Most of the time, they're coupon ads. Most of the time, there's some special offer. Like people can spot that. You don't put billboards inside Facebook ads, all right? You just don't. Or okay, radio so commercials. I literally listened uh, to a radio commercial on TikTok the other day, and I'm like, is this going to get somewhere? Or is this going anywhere? Or yeah, like I, I just, I knew it was going to transition into something amazing, and it never did. It stayed a radio here's, commercial. Here's how all of them work. The longer a user as in somebody with a phone or computer stays on a social media platform, the more ads that medium can serve them. So what they do, okay, is if you have no comments, they will slowly derate your page because they know it's turning people off. So you leave the platform. That's not good for Mark Zuckerberg and all the other people that own these platforms, okay? So if you're not getting any engagement, there's some major issues, and I promise you, your ad is going to be demoted, and it's going to be more expensive because Facebook has to make up for the difference in lost revenue from you having people jut off, oh, I hate this platform. Uh, that, that makes perfect sense. Jordan, business. Jordan Harrison brings up a great point here in the live chat. He said that I delete comment from competitors who drop a link, their link in the comments. Most oh, of the time yeah. Dude, there is nothing the that fires me up more oh, than that. I'm man. like, the audience audacity of this individual to put their links all right big i have secret. a competitor that whenever some and this is just this person knows that they're a piece of crap oh uh, oh they yeah. will con every person that comments on the post they will dm that person to try and get them because their posts suck and yep. so they get it where they are engaging with my client list and my they don't know that my clients most of my clients are ride or die and they immediately will screenshot that crap and send it to me and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna right. saw this here real useful tips for everybody that's out there okay never delete a comment okay always hide a comment now number two go into your page setting there is a moderation that you can do and you can put in phrases and keywords that will automatically hide comments. So how about HTTPS not allowing any links? If it contains that, it hides the comment, all right? Now, you won't be able to post your own comments. Then if you have a guy that just continues to DM people, okay, call your friends, have them comment on your ad that you're looking for an air conditioner. Find out who he is, 
and you'll find out who's DMing you. And it's a real thing. It's a real problem with people doing that. But yeah, using the hide comment section in your page. So if you go over to your Facebook page and settings on the left-hand side, you'll find an area where you can put in a profanity moderation, as well as you can put in keywords and terms and things like that, that will automatically hide something because the reality- okay, So let me play devil's advocate for that one, Justin, because I have seen this in the past where someone has said, and I've even done this where it'll say two comments, yeah. And you click on it and it's there's, there's nothing there. there. At first, I just assumed that it was somebody that I had blocked in the past or somebody who's blocked me in the past. And then I read a post where people were hiding the comments. And so then oh. they were like, oh, that makes it look like you're hiding so here's something. What you do. All you do is as a company, you put you comment on your own thing. Thank you so much for those comments, but spam will not be tolerated in our business. Period. Okay. End of sentence. Post it in there. So now everybody knows they're spam. Yeah. So now you're Just building a case for There's multiple ways, but normally that's yeah, Facebook. Yeah. But it's a real thing and it's getting that's worse. That's normally Facebook moderation. Like the same way they hide likes, like only the creator can see the amount of likes on this post. It's just the movement. It is what it is. That's how they don't want you to feel this, the pressure. That's what was released about it anyway. So they with say. trends and stuff yeah. like that. So, so we've say. talked about We've talked about trends. Obviously, Facebook still works well. You guys use it a lot. What do you guys see as trends for social media as far as ad Man. mediums and platforms, things like that? Is YouTube Shorts is that becoming an ad platform? No, I know YouTube has no. a platform, but not for I don't think they have it for no. shorts yet. You know, the YouTube platform I've done extensive there, there's some retargeting that can be done there, but most of the time the consumers that come from that platform as a whole. Yeah, or the people that are going to challenge you on the price of a capacitor and do it themselves just is what it is. It's a great targeting medium. It's a great retargeting medium, but I would not use that as a primary source of people just because the users that generally consume that sort of stuff that I've found, maybe somebody else has found better luck. Most of the people pushing that are people that are going to charge you to create the videos, right? In that sort of thing in that space. And that's great. Content is good and building links off of that is great, but that wouldn't be, I'm a performance marketer. I'm not a huge brand building guy. There's much better people out there that can do that. I'm the guy that cuts through that, that says, Hey, I'm going to get you this for this spend. Like yeah. that, that's my type of style of marketing. And there are other people that say, Hey, I need a hundred thousand dollars this year. We're going to advertise and we're going to grow your brand. So tell me this, what are your thoughts on, I know you just said you're not a brand builder per se. What are your thoughts on the YouTube video showing up in the carousel in the searches at the, in, as far as organic goes? Because there are times yeah. where like our videos have shown up at the top of the, and that's not something you can even pay for. So what are your thoughts on that? And should you put forth effort in that? Or is there other low hanging fruit you should put more effort into? I think that it definitely has a part Okay. And maybe it's on the very top funnel. I don't think it's transactional. Okay. It's either on the very top or on the very bottom. Like you're just pounding somebody because they're seeing it 10 other times and building trust. I don't think it's the point where people like go and sign up for a lead. Okay. It works for B2B. It works for education. It works for a ton of how-to informational queries. Mm -hmm. So if you're trying to sell a how-to, I think it's perfect. Okay. Transactional. It's more informational and how-to. That is the category that it was created for. It's not entertainment. And, and so that not, would be more of, of creating your authority in the market. So if they happen to go to Google and search the term and you happen to be the one that pops up, then they're like, okay, this person came here. They said X, Y, and Z. Now here's a bunch of videos. 
backing now, it up. The Discover YouTube Network and some of these shorts, the good thing about them is they do have a very wide inventory. Okay. So you're going to get shown in a lot of places. So as you grow as a company and you will outgrow mediums, right? There's just not enough space that you can buy to. So GDN and YouTube shorts and all these different places. Yeah, they're big and you can get more impressions if that's the goal, right? And it all depends about the objective of the company. Really? What do they really want to do? They want to grow their brand or do they want to grow? Do I need leads? There's a difference. There's a lag in the brand building very, and it can happen instantly. and it's an investment. And once you've got it, it's wonderful. It makes performance marketing a breeze when you have a brand. Yeah. All right. It really does. Cause you can leverage that. As long as um, it's a good brand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not a bad one. So yeah, we're talking about YouTube. Obviously it's more, and that's kind of what I figured. That's yeah. what I've used it for in the past to teach and educate other people, use it as a blog thing to bring in mostly top of the funnel. But mm -hmm. with till TikTok, I know you've experimented with TikTok. Mm -hmm. Ad platform is not nearly as sophisticated as Facebook. But have you seen any changes in that over the yeah, last? Yeah, we're still working in there in that space. I know that I know that CPMs are lower. I know we can reach audience, and the segmentation and the data is getting better and better. Those who are listening don't know what CPM is. What? So that's cost per a thousand impressions. So how many? How much does it cost me to serve a thousand people? Or Reach impression, same kind of thing. Reach Why isn't it CPT? Because <laughs> it's melee. It's a fancy word. The medium buying gods. I'm going to get you one. Melee. One of these questions, I'm going to stump you. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> but no, I think that it's important. I think that TikTok is a, is look. There's a lot of people on it, and figuring out like the biggest thing in TikTok is, do you want your brand showing up to some of the stuff that's on TikTok? That's a good point. That is a good point, but there are people. There are people who are killing it on TikTok. Leslie Harpel, yeah. they, they're just really doing a great job with it. And I, Julie, and I, my wife, we have conversations constantly. We're like, we should do that. We should TikTok that. We like we ours. Ours would be more interesting than that one. But then we just never do it, and it's yeah, it's very. I think anybody can master any medium. Do I think YouTube Shorts can work? Yeah. If you sit down, you hone in and you do it over and over and over and become a master. What I see is people jump from thing to thing. Pick a channel. Oh, shiny object. Master. Yeah. Really understand how it works for your business and refine it. Then once you got it, then you can go and add another channel. That's exactly the advice. We had Brendan Kane on here. He's written a couple books yeah. about how to gain a million followers in 30 days and stuff like that. That was the exact yeah. advice he gave on the show was to pick a medium, dominate that medium, before you move on to something else, you can still post your stuff other places. I think he but, pretty yeah. much but, was to the belief of, and I'm not gonna put words in his mouth, but I believe this is what he said on that interview was almost ignore the other mediums. Like you, like Josh said, you can post you with, it, but yeah. Cause it can infect you with the way, like you don't talk the same on Facebook that you talk on TikTok or on YouTube. So when you, when you let all these different voices, you try and do stuff like the direct mail guys that when everything turned digital, now they tried to do digital as direct mail. Yeah. It never worked and still won't. And they still try to, but it just doesn't work because it's a different medium. So how about this? What about Twitter? I have messed with Twitter. Yeah. yeah. And one of the things about Twitter and I haven't been back in a little while, did a lot of testing there. It is fast. Man, you want to yeah. run ads and get some impressions? Boy, let me tell you something. You can either burn some money really quick or you can get some leads really quick. Twitter on the local geo level, I would not suggest. One I have gotten some traction in is Reddit. If you want to talk about some different ones that are out oh, there. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah, good point. so there's a lot of subreddits for communities. Yep. Everybody forgets about Reddit. 
It's huge. Mm. Okay. So you can do some advertising in there. It's got some pretty good targeting. So there's all sorts of little micro ones you can do. And was it Cora? Cora? Yeah, you want those backlinks. Yeah, backlinks. Okay. So there's a Ty Brenneman asked a question, and I was going to wait until it could fit in here, but it's really not. So I'm going to change up the topic a little bit. Let her rip. Because he, the question that he asked was really, it was part of something Ah. we were talking about earlier, but uh, I want to get the repair options in the home. I think he brought this question up. Your opinion on what Ty says here. By the way, Ty is a an amazing educator. If you've never taken one of Ty's classes, you got to do it. He travels the whole country educating technicians, and he puts things very. He explains things very well. He will be at the HVAC School Symposium, which is in January in Orlando at Brian Orr's place at Kalos HVAC School podcast area but every time i sit down and listen to it and watch ty i just i record whatever he says because it's something that i might know everything about or i would never say i know everything i know a lot of stuff about but he just explains it in a completely different way but what he says here is why are we still writing invoices why not make a less than five minute video explaining what needs to be done show the problems visually they can see it even if they are not there okay so as a remarketing person, what's your thoughts on this video? Because I agree with what Ty is saying in I mean, the presentation. If, if came to us and they had this technology and they were doing it in their company, I'd love them because it's a fantastic idea. I think we hired, I hired a sales rep back, I don't know, back when I was running the sales team and he actually videoed every single one of his calls and he gave the customer a copy of that video so they could have it. I thought it was a wonderful idea. Here's the problems we ran into then was that video storage and would really compound itself over time. And not all techs think that they're the prettiest guy in the world. Put a camera in front of, put a microphone in some, in front of somebody and listen to them stutter. I know that's what I, that's the whole reason why I started podcasting. I have a speech impediment. And if you ever hear me pause for a period of time, it's because of I am mentally overcoming that speech impediment. And that's the whole reason I got into podcasting. It was a way for me to force myself through this situation. And it's, I put a camera in front of my guys and they're like, no, Tersh, that is not me. (laughs) You do cameras. Yeah, I will fix equipment. I was like, yeah, touche, man, touche. But I, I get Ty was saying idea. if you've got a tech that wants to run with it, I think he would have a higher closing rate than anybody. Personally, I think that anything you can do, number one, that's different than everybody else is going to win. Number two, it's helpful. Why not? I don't see a negative side to it other than if they have access to it and they show it to a competitor. But even then. It's just going to prove that the competitor didn't find the things that they found. I think there's, I think there's a way to do that. You obviously need a video editor, right? You're not going to just run this one long thing where you're showing every little piece of this, but it's like, Hey, we're going to do this. Then we're going to do this, break it down until you can be even like a one minute video. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're looking for. This is how we're going to fix it. Leave it real short. So that way you're not creating a bunch of 10 minute or five, 10 minute videos that take up a lot of storage. Have you ever watched a technician's video? Man, you want to see I'm somebody sure it's ramble? Long. I'm sure. And then you're going to see that where he sits down on the table. all their knowledge. The and then it's going to come back up. And then I love watching technician videos, but I will Some tell you. Some people do I'm not like, want you 
to videotape in their home. It oh, is absolutely. a violation well, what I was of their say, privacy. Justin and Tersh true, and, and Noah was this. If you guys have a one system set or even do it in your own house and you can go through the problem and the solution in your own house. You don't have to use somebody else's house to educate them. So here's um, what we do. So we you're do more of like, yeah, we okay. do a debrief. Uh, whenever we do a debrief, we because we do call by call management. And on the debrief, one of the questions is, what's one question the client asks you? And it can be pertaining to the job or not necessarily pertaining to the job. And we'll get questions like, how do you reset the thermostat? Or how do I change the air filter? And so then... We just have a couple of a list of videos that we're, we create and then we post them up on the YouTube channel. And hopefully if that question's asked again, they can say, here's the link to the video. Man, I often thought about creating a knowledge base when I had my business was just a knowledge base for consumers, right? More like a support center and to lower the burden, especially in after hours and just the stupid stuff. Right, the stuff that 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 eats up your time and money. Were they a searchable database that they could go to? And I think video content's great as far as what um, database not- would you recommend for something like that? Because something like what Josh and I have talked about, I don't know that's feasible for a contractor. I don't either. Getting your guys even to show up on time is a hard thing sometimes. <laughs> so um, Company Cam, I believe Company Cam, who is a partner of the show can do that to an extent, but I, I don't think they have the resource to make it searchable from like a customer's perspective. I think you can search jobs and video and content from the contractor's yeah, you just have perspective. Tag the videos and just build a little search algorithm on top to, to pull the tags. If you, so it, as a simple way, not, not simple. Cause then you have to, you take a video, right? You make the video with a frequently asked question, transcribe, clean it up a little bit. So you don't have to be a writer, right? And that's what I did with a couple of my videos that were, I used on YouTube, turn it into a blog, it's real easy. It's really not hard. Get Sonics yeah. or whatever transrev.com transcribe, Rev, yeah. make it a blog post and then find us add a search feature to your website, something like that. Or you can put it into a chat sure. bot and be like, Hey, here's some frequently, whatever search, whatever you want. If someone says change filter, that keyword can trigger the article. That's what a lot of these, so we're using HubSpot as a CRM right now. If I type in a word, it sends mm. me to a help article. It's all keyword based and a lot of, Big companies are going to that way because they don't have the people to support Boy, talk the back end. Question benefit of you answering these queries and them coming from direct traffic directly to your website back to visit this. That that's the stuff that really separates you from other people. It's traffic that would be coming directly to their existing customers. So it's t- second, third, fourth visit. That's the stuff that can push you over the edge. Having it on the site would be awesome. George um, mentions that company cam can provide a report directly to the customer as a report, short videos too. I think that's amazing for that particular too. client. I th- it's not something that will help in mass. It's not but, every customer. But that one, yeah, that one customer that, so as a, we were talking about the situation where the husband or wife is home and then they have to resell the repair to their significant other. That could be a very possible use case where it's like, Hey, here's the video of explaining it. I mean, send this to your husband or wife. Yeah. And it's a CYA thing a lot of times too. Absolutely. Video. Unfortunately we live in such a litigious world that it's nasty sometimes. And it, okay, so I'm not going to go off on this tangent, but I will tell you that one of the things that we I tell my service guys is treat every invoice as if my I'm a I'm your lawyer and I have to present your defense just based off of your invoice. 
You can't say any of the he said, she said, no notes in your CRM, just your invoice. Yeah. And that changes up a lot of times. Exactly. Hey, for sure. Yeah. I find that addendums work much better than trying to teach a tech to write stuff like that. That's true. But a that, secondary that form to cover those things at a broad scope with initials. I actually got in trouble for, I will tell you, and I, th this is not legal advice for anybody. I got in trouble yes. for the way that I worded water leaks. And we had a scam artist who came in, knew exactly what they were doing and knew how to scam people into getting all new hardwood floors throughout their house, even though the water leak was their uh -huh. fault. And they neglected it for 30 days before calling us. But the way that our addendum was worded, it, it opened us up to that 30-day grace period because it said that we would warranty these calls for 30 days. Wow. And so our lawyer was actually like, change that, change that wording. Yeah. But yeah. I think that if I want to touch just on one other thing as we get towards this thing, there's a lot of text platforms that are out there. Everybody's getting back into the texting and things like that. One thing to be very important is to be a verified A to P sender. Okay. Hey, can you explain what that is? Yeah. So there have been the carriers of TNT, Verizon, all these big carriers that are out there. They are trying to combat spam. So there's TCPA laws, right? That's the communication laws through this channel of SMS and MS, right? To be a sender that is a verified sender means that we are following the laws and we actually have a, our stuff will never show up as spam likely because we follow those laws and we stay within compliance of that. And I believe one of the podcasts I watched a while ago, listened to, I was on a flight last week and I was talking about it as well, how important that is in I see a bunch of these different platforms and what happens is these contractors go out there and they blast everybody at first. And if you get just like email deliverability, if you spam people, okay, they're going to report you and now your phone number's dead. Okay. You will get banned from Twilio and the other communicational platforms because you don't comply. And there's nothing worse than sending out a bunch of texts and it shows up as spam likely. Yeah, that's horrible. horrible. We had some from our CRM actually do that. A client, a lot of big CRMs actually have that issue, and they because that's we the arrived on do. site. We arrived on site, and they were like, "I just want to let you know that it told me that you were spam whenever you yep. were texting us in." I was like, "Oh, come on, this sucks." Yeah, so I think with our current right now, we can send what is it two point one million text messages a day is our legal limit currently right now at, at where we're at. So. The where, scale where, are, where are you at with sending out text messages? Two, where are we at two, currently? Yeah, 1.9 no, million. Two million. I can tell you that. That would be insane. No. Because our wow. goal, right? Our goal, we, what we look at is capacity of somebody. So say somebody comes say, hey, I got a customer base of 5,000 people, right? I need to gap this between October and December. Can you help me? Great. So we'll take those 5,000 customers, right? And we'll drip a campaign out during peak hours, okay? Please, guys. And girls, do not be sending text messages out at 8 a.m. in the morning. All right. You might as well just throw it away. Okay. There are peak hours during the day. Anything after 2 to 3 p.m., 4, 5 p.m. to 8 p.m., there it is. That's your ideal time. Okay. That's when you really want to send. You don't want to send it out while they're at work. Nobody's going to respond to you. Okay. And it's going to be an annoyance. So you want to drip these things out over time. And we measure the amount of text that they have available and open spots that they have. Okay. And it's very important to throttle it. And a lot of times 
it catches up because there's a whole sequence that these users go through over time. So the time you get a couple hundred people in it, man, you got quite a few things going on. And oftentimes we just have pause, give them a break, yeah, and catch up, start it over again. But we aren't talking about text campaigns like everybody in the office for the meeting morning on Monday. We're going to text the whole base. We're going to go out. It's not that I'm getting feedback. What did you hit? I didn't hit a single thing. It's always the old guys, man. They've ruined it. <laughs> I was waiting. Oh, no, he didn't. Uh, I told you I would bring it up during the show, and I did. I waited. Yeah, yeah. You got it on the very bottom of the sheet. I see it down there. <laughs> Tell him he's old. <laughs> I'm going to get a nasty but, um, message. That's definitely the misunderstanding of the channel, and, and how do you use the channel to help your business over time? Plug the holes. Yeah. Get better at doing what you're doing. Stop, stop, stop looking for the shiny object that is going to promise you this, that, and the other thing. There's so many problems you could fix just in your own business, especially this time of year. It's almost October. Even here in Arizona, the mornings are a little cooler now. Like it's not the same demand. And guess what, said hey, Josh, guess what my yeah. wife made yesterday for dinner. Pumpkin spice something. And I'm going to tell you this just because I know mm. she's watching. Chili. I know she's been commenting like crazy. Chili, Aaron made that. I got home from Florida and Aaron made it over the weekend. It was wonderful. <laughs> so good oh my god football and chili in the fall you it, bet yeah but it was like 65 degrees was the low yesterday but it doesn't really feel like chilly weather to me but <laughs> but you don't wear uggs do you <laughs> he probably does <laughs> no i do not Tersh has quite the shoe collection so guys, that's why I <laughs> no absolutely not yeah. all um, right guys where can people find you where so if is re refrog and upfrog same thing. Can we get to the platform by going to Upfrog? You can get there on upfrog.io. You can message us directly. You can find us in our Facebook group. We will be more active in there. Or you can just simply go to get.upfrog.io. That's going to be able to, you know, lead you right into it as well. I got one more one more question before we close out because I just saw it came in a minute ago from it says Facebook user on here, but it's Cody Johnson. And it's an important one because this goes some of this goes into compliance. Some of it's scary because of a customer just did business with you, that sort of yep. stuff. So does the customer need to opt in Ooh. to the text campaign? Great question. Really interesting question. So if it is an existing customer and it, depending on each state, because some states are different than others, there is a length of time that you have to communicate with this customer, specifically California. They're very is that the same about. as the calling them? Like if, cause I think it's what, 18 months after to call them? Is that? I know when we used to work with a large box store, they tried to do six months just to be safe because there's so much uncertainty around there. Okay. Wow. Now I can tell you that every lead that we have in the platform that we get from consumers, like if we have, we run an upfrog program, we want to reactivate them. They always opt in hundred percent. And the easiest way to try and obey by the spirit of the law, even if you don't know whether they've upped in or exactly when the date was, Make sure you send the messages and data rates may apply. You can stop at any time. Okay. Start sending the compliance stuff to them up front because I can tell you that the fines that come from doing it illegally, ungodly amounts. It's just, really? it's really bad. Can I threaten that with people who won't stop texting me? <laughs> actually, if you, if, yeah, you actually can. And, I have and people who will not stop. They keep, I don't want your financing. Stop sending it to me. I know I'm a small business owner. Thanks for telling me. Boy, Stop texting the phone me. calls that I get from those people all the time. 
Uh. The amount of funding. I bet I could stack up millions each day by the phone calls I get. I don't know how I got on their list. It's crazy. You'll never have to pay for another car repair either. Your warranty lasts 30 oh, years. I know. But yeah, opting in is very important in, in the degree of if you're not sure, okay, make sure at a very minimum, you're letting people know how they can unsubscribe from your list. That's a good, that's a great point to end with yeah. on the compliance part. So existing customers, so check with your state laws. Yeah. It's it, to be safe. Is Do you what, know I, that I if, if they asked you that, if they ask if you had a client that asked you, would you be confident in being able to tell them that information or would they still need to go find a local attorney to do that? We're not lawyers. When they sign up with us, they we're not legal counsel. We don't pretend to be. We go into the assumption, just like most of all your major platforms like Twilio and Clavio and all the big mail mailing platforms and all those that the list was gained in a legal manner. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. But we're going to yeah. know, look, we limit people. We have a throttling. Like if we launch a campaign and we see that somebody's got a bunch of junk in there and it's easy to tell right away if it's a bought list or not. And when you know that it's a bought list, it will show up and we will actually shut your account down. You get three strikes. Mm. Okay. So there's safety measures because I'm not going to risk my compliance with somebody going out there and just scraping phone numbers. It ain't going to happen. Yeah. Cool, guys. I appreciate it. Noah, next time, don't talk so much. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> we, He's the brains. He's the one back in the keeping the operation steady. I know. I'm just giving Noah He's a probably selling something while you're just talking. He probably is. He's probably <laughs> talking and working with a client right now as we I speak. I actually was a little bit. Okay, okay. I know you were. I know you <laughs> I mean, were. I saw you working. You mentioned the top of the mind right now. So that was why I had to communicate a little bit. That's fine. Uh, thanks. We... Thanks. I see the comment. <laughs> Before we before we close up today, I want to ask you one last question. Okay, y'all ready for this? Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. What is something that everyone looks stupid doing? Podcast. No. (laughs) (laughs) Good answer. Thanks. Hey, Justin. Next time you're he's not invited. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know what um, my thing is. When people are talking with their phone right here on speakerphone, oh, like right up against their face. That's the like, worst. Just take it off. And the they're really loud. And hold, and like the, you can hear the conversation through the speaker and hear them talking. Like, are you serious right now? I don't want to hear yeah. I don't want to hear what you're making for dinner. Dog poop with a bag. I know oh, it's kind of a wild so answer, but, but they all look like a fool when you're doing it. I'm sorry. It's just a thing. And I have to do like that here. I didn't have to look. do that in Wisconsin, so it sucks. Yeah, you feel like a <laughs> you fool. You gotta do it too. there, right? I do. Otherwise, it stinks. <laughs> yeah, I guess it does. Get <laughs> what about you, Noah? You got anything? I would say everybody looks stupid when they can't control their dog. There you go. There's a good one. It's always the worst. Whenever you're at the dog park, when the dog's going the nuts and you're just trying to going absolutely insane, and they're always yeah. just sometimes you just got that man. dog that instantly dog, like- making excuses. <laughs> Sometimes it's the dog. Sometimes you're just like, when he gets back home, we're going to have a conversation. It's hard to control those little three-pound dogs you got right there. (laughs) For me, they perform well, but others not so much. Thank, thank you, guys. thank you, absolutely, guys. Thank y'all so much, and thank you for everybody who's watching this episode or listening to this episode. If you have any questions, do not hesitate to reach out to these guys. What's the name of your Facebook group again? HVAC Digital Allies. Okay, and or just message me on Facebook. Send me a direct message. Everybody's probably on Facebook. I'm there. Happy to talk with anybody. Cool. 
I appreciate you guys. We'll talk again soon. See you. Back at you. See y'all. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Service Business Mastery. Now that you are equipped with essential business advice from this impactful conversation, you are one step closer to becoming the successful owner of your dreams. If this episode has been helpful to your business journey, don't forget to subscribe to the show, leave a rating, and share it with other owners as well. Visit servicebusinessmastery.com to learn more.